Welcome to another episode of Touring the ASC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. And on this episode, we will be talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're one and two, not necessarily where everyone thought they would be. And uh, of course, uh, I, I got to bring somebody that actually gets to see this team on a day-to-day basis. Mr. Demetrius Harvey, Florida Times Union, Jacksonville.com. What's going on, man? Nothing much, man. I'm sorry I couldn't be there last week. Ah. Uh, Hey, it is what it is, man. Hey, we got more to talk about this week, right? <laughs> yes, sir. It's crazy. It's it's uh it's already been a wild season. It's only been three weeks, so I'm excited to see what happens right. next. The, the roller coaster that is the NFL. And speaking of the wild season, that is where my get off your chest segment starts for this episode. Now, now for those that aren't aware, this the, the get off your chest segment, we can talk about anything, any sport, anything that happened. But we're gonna keep this one on the NFL. And the term any given Sunday, it definitely applied to week three of the NFL. You have the Arizona Cardinals, who thinks is tanking, go out and beat the Dallas Cowboys. You have, I mean, you just have a bunch of unexpected wins. You have teams just going out there. You're like, okay, did this really just happen? Or am I, or my eyes just you're kind of like, what is going on here? You have the Indianapolis Colts go beat the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. And then, of course, the game we're going to talk about, the Houston's go on the road for the second time in a row and beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, just the term any given Sunday, you have to understand, they're all pros. They all get paid Mm -hmm. to play. And in these circumstances, anything can and usually does happen. And we definitely saw that when it comes to the NFL, uh, for sure. And, uh, you know, you got any thoughts you want to add to that? Yeah, yeah, especially early in the season. I feel like we always see this. You know, it happens every year. Um, we just don't remember it every time it rolls around, I think. Um, you know, teams will just beat teams that you didn't think they would. You know, it, it, it's crazy to say, you know, if, if you had asked anybody, I think I think this would be a 100% poll. Who's winning this Cowboys and Cardinals game? It's going to be the Cowboys. I mean, the Cardinals throughout – the entire they didn't have any hype coming into the season. If anything, as the offseason progressed, they kept going down, right? Just based off of what people were saying. Um, you know, obviously Kyler was gonna be out. You know, you got Josh Dobbs in there now who hasn't really been an NFL starter. I know he had a couple games uh, last year for the Titans that it just didn't work out either. Uh so no one would have expected it, but you know, it, like you said, everybody gets paid. They're all being paid millions of dollars. Um, Connor for the Cardinals is, is an incredible running back. So it's no surprise he had some success. You know, d- different guys are are paid, you know, just as well as other guys on the opposite team. So it just comes down sometimes. You made a couple more plays than your opponent and you and you get the job done. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And that has been the get it off your chest segment on touring the AFC South. But of course we gotta move forward and talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, we're going to get into the, 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 the game that just happened, the Jaguars and the Texans. And it was 37-17, but not the way you would have thought it would be. Hmm. The Jaguars lost at home. I mean, and pretty much the Houston Texans were in control of that entire game. So how shocked were you at this game? Uh, I was – uh, so it, it's kind of hard to remember exactly, but I was pretty shocked during the game. You know, it just it, it just didn't make sense. You know, the Texans, I understood C.J. Stroud has been putting up these numbers the first two weeks, so it wasn't a, a surprise to see him play well. 
Um, what I was surprised about, and maybe I shouldn't have been in hindsight, was you know the Jaguars just they got no push up front. I mean they 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 got dominated on both lines of scrimmage. I mean I expected it kind of from the offensive line, crazy to say, just because they had already put out that you know um, that lack of push you know the previous two weeks I would say, but you know the defense the way they played against the Chiefs. Now, it's not like they were harassing Patrick Mahomes that week all day, but um, they definitely had a lot more push. It seemed like they were more effective. The defense was in control more. Um, This week didn't feel like the defense was really in control too much outside of maybe the first couple plays of the game. So, yeah, I was surprised. I was shocked. You know, the Jaguars couldn't figure it out. You know, the Titans or the Texans were without three out of the five three out of five of their starting secondary players. They were without four out of five of their starting offensive linemen. Essentially, the Jags were playing a preseason squad with some guys who were regular season players mixed in. That's just how I felt about it in terms of both of those units specifically. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a shock. Um, and, and I'm, you know, going from here, I think it's more just about they need to execute the plays rather than anything fundamental really wrong with this team. Yeah, it definitely was an interesting, uh, interesting thing. I kind of caught my eye. I kind of blinked a couple of times and looked like, am I seeing things? I things crossed my eyes, but yeah. you know, it, it actually was the score. Um, now, you know, what was the uh, the feeling of, you know, mm-hmm. when Andrew Beck returned that kick kind of specifically? And when Andrew Beck, for those that haven't watched it, 85-yard uh, kickoff return by literally an up back uh, for the Houston Texans happened in this game you know i'm not i'm not mistaking i'm not i'm not just making this up it actually happened you can go watch the tape highlights it's everywhere but what was what was everyone saying in in the box when that happened yeah first just to break down the play a little bit i mean the the, mcmanus the jacks kicker is supposed to kick it he's supposed to kick it short that's you know i forgot what it's exactly called but it's a kick that sort of lands around the 10 which is exactly what happened it was supposed to be right they had a right um kickoff coverage on on tap you know you could watch the film and see that they were all moving right you know they're all shifting kind of that way ball went right it kind of landed perfect it was a perfect execution the (laughs) what happened was you know the play breaks down uh beck sort of fumbles the or muffs the ball because, you know, he's an up back. He's not used to catching a ball um, from a kickoff. So he, he muffs it, but he picks it up. It kind of gets Jags players. And naturally, I think as any kind of football player, you're going to run toward the ball. That's what you're taught. Um, so they get out of their lane, specifically Trey Herndon on the right side um, and uh, Jacob Harris as well on the right side. They kind of crash in a little bit. Um, Trey crashes a little too hard. And then I think Beck was able to sort of get up from around him. Trey misses the tackle. Then there's like five other missed tackles. This is a, remember what Mike told you guys. I mean, this is a 255 pound fullback. Um, he's the heaviest player ever to return a kickoff return for a touchdown. Um, so you can imagine us in the box are like at certain points, we're thinking, all right, they're going to get them here. Nope. All right. They'll definitely get them here. Okay. Okay. The, the kicker has an option or an opportunity. So he's going to get them. Nope. And then we're like, okay, well, we didn't think the kicker would probably get him. So the next guy's going to get him right. Nope. So, you know, about five missed tackles uh, down that right sideline, just to give you a little breakdown. So we were just, we were all kind of going crazy, like in in, in our minds, um, thinking, wow, I cannot believe this is happening. Um, I'm sure the Jag sidelines thinking the same thing. They had just gone down and scored, I believe, a touchdown um, to cut it within seven. I think at that point it was 17 or 17 10. 
Um, so, you know, they had the momentum, they had all everything and then boom, right. Just like that 24, 10. And all of a sudden now you're, you're struggling to figure out how they're even going to get it done. So yeah, that was a, a backbreaker for the Jags and uh, something that can't happen again, obviously. Yeah, that was uh, I had to watch that a couple of times just to be like, okay, how did this happen? Did this mm-hmm. really just happen? Let me watch that again. You know, I, I did that a few different times with that one. But, you know, like you said, the heaviest uh, player to ever return a kickoff for a touchdown, Mr. Andrew Beck of the Houston Texans. Yeah. Uh, but let's let's kind of flip over to the entire, you know, the, the, the so far. We're not to the quarter point just yet. That'll be this week. But mm-hmm. the Jaguars have started one and two. And it just I looked up a few things about this team. The turnovers, they've had at least one fumble lost in every game so far this year. And now they've had uh, two turnovers in the first three games, two two plus turnovers uh, in two of the first three games. Mm -hmm. Um, What is the issue with them holding on to the football right now? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to say. Uh, One of them was the um, weird play in Indy where Trevor, you know, he just lost the ball because he got hit. I think it was Buckner that forced a fumble. Uh, Tank Bigsby picks it up but doesn't realize that it's still a live ball, so Buckner takes it and takes it for a touchdown. That was one of them, and that's going to happen. I mean, that I mean, every so often quarterbacks can get hit, fumble. That's just natural. Um, another one last week against the Chiefs, I think there were two. So there was one where Bigsby – uh, kind of got it back, and that was fine. And then there was another where um, I believe it was a throw to Jamal Agnew that they lost. They ended up losing. Um, and that one, I, I think it's just a matter of, you know, you got to get the play out there faster, maybe kill that play. Uh, they do a lot of this, like, bubble screen quick stuff that can get away from you pretty easily. Um, I'm not sure if that's something they're going to look at. But uh, this most recent game, um, Agnew fumbled, and I, I can't remember the other ones, but Agnew fumbled in this most recent one. Um, you know, he just has to hold on to the ball. It's kind of as simple as that. There, there's not rhyme or reason. Um, this has happened before. It feels like every time he's in the open field with the ball, now you're kind of thinking, uh, he should probably just go down instead of taking a hit because he, he has some sort of security issues a little bit. I mean, it's not like he has this repeated all, all the time, but it's just a, a matter of him um, – securing the ball and I think that you know before rookie rookie running back he fumbled is what it is kind of thing um in terms of Bigsby so um yeah it's just a, a couple of weird things it hasn't been anything it's not something I don't think that is like pressing it's more just you know hey this happened can't happen again gotcha so it's not uh it is something concerning but not necessarily yeah. to the to the highest level of concern right now just because of the nature of what happened yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. Uh, of course, uh, you mentioned it earlier, but one sack, two games. The first game, they had a lot of, uh, you know, they were they had a party in the backfield, especially Mr. Josh Allen. But last two games, only one sack. They're really not getting pressure. I mean, that has to be very, very concerning to Jacksonville fans and to the team in general. That is majorly concerning, and I will say I don't know if it's concerning to the team. It should be, but, I mean, just considering the fact, okay, so you, you go from last season and, you know, the pass rush was – it was okay. It wasn't It wasn't great it, by any standards. I think that everybody knew there should be an upgrade. I mean, you and then you lost Dewan Smoot, and then you lost Arden Key. Now, Smoot's back, but he, you know, he was lost at, at that point. So, in the beginning of the offseason, we're all thinking they're going to get pass rusher. It comes to the draft or free agency, nothing – draft 
nothing. And then the fifth round comes, they take um, Abdullah out of, out of Louisville, who, you know, looks like he can be a solid, solid player in the league. But I mean, if you expect him to do anything year one, you're fooling yourself, um, you know, at least anything significantly. And then they're banking on Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen to take those next steps. That, that, that was all they kept saying. They kept preaching it from, from uh, the, the March meetings in Arizona and the, in the combine in February and the, draft and then you know again and again and again and again throughout the offseason throughout this until we got to the season then the season comes and yeah josh allen did had a pretty solid game uh week one I, I think he's been the most consistent pass rusher on the team um you know those three sacks you can debate if he deserves quote unquote those two that were just kind of running him out of the bounds um but still good high effort plays that's something that uh, no one else on the team has done so you know it, it's 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 very concerning because everything that we thought was an issue or was going to be an issue with the passers is becoming an issue. Trayvon just simply hasn't taken that next step as an outside linebacker uh, to rush the passer. He didn't do he didn't get anything done. I think if you ask him, he would even say it wasn't his best game um, in terms of rushing the passer. Just it just didn't seem seem good. So um, it, it, to circle all back, you know, in terms of how the uh, the actual team feels. I asked Doug Peterson about it right after the game. I was like, you know, hey, Houston had four out of five of their starting offensive linemen out. You guys weren't able to get to C.J. Stroud, a rookie quarterback. Why? Why was that? And he he paused for I, I would say a real ten seconds, just just staring off into space. You know, I didn't want to interrupt him because I was figuring something crazy is about to come out. He didn't say anything crazy, but it just I think it shows that he had to think about it a lot longer than you would um, than you would expect. And, and it sort of showed that he's thought about this before too. And he doesn't want to throw people under the bus, understandably. But anyway, to make a long answer kind of shorter, you know, yeah, it's an issue. I think everybody knows it. Um, I don't think I, I, unless something crazy happens, I really can't see it really resolving too much. Yeah. It's definitely going to be an interesting thing, especially with uh, some of the teams they have to face going down the stretch, uh, you know, mm-hmm. or uh, presumably they do have the 49ers looming a little bit later <laughs> down the schedule. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's not going to be so, good. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, but, you know, I, I want to get to one point, uh, you know, of course we, we, we chat this. Um, did the Jags come into the season a little bit overconfident? In that, the, how they they were going to be this year, I mean, it, it just seems that I get that kind of feeling about them mm. a little bit. Just kind of been watching them. Everyone came into the season feeling overconfident from the the Jags themselves, the media, us in the media, the fans, the observer, any anybody you can think of came into the season overconfident. Absolutely, and not, they went nine and eight last year, won one playoff game, and suddenly, you know, Super Bowl champions. If you put it in the context of that, um, it kind of makes it seem like everybody was overblowing this. Now, I will say this team is still uh, capable, and they're still pretty good. I mean, the players, you can't deny the success they've had in the past, the success they had in the playoffs, especially in that run. Uh, but what I can I what I can say to that is you know Doug addressed it and he he addressed it right after the game. Um, you know maybe they're reading a little too much, and by them that he means the players are reading too much into their press clippings. Um, you know people seeing hey this is going to be a Super Bowl team. You know they got NFL Network and ESPN running throughout their um, their locker room. I remember on the week 
I I don't remember if it was the week of the Chiefs game or the week right before it, but NFL Network was playing the Chiefs and Jaguars playoff game, and they were all all the defensive linemen and I forget what other position group is on that side, but they were all sort of watching that game and like commentating like, oh man, they got, you know, this, that, you know, so you can kind of tell, and that doesn't necessarily mean that they're like feeling themselves too much, but it's kind of like, that's the environment they've been around. They've been around a, this is a Super Bowl championship team. This is a team that's going to go toe to toe with the Kansas city chiefs. This is a team that's, that's going to be a top five offense. Nobody said otherwise. So, you know, you can, t- you can see like a human on a human level, why that would make you sort of not complacent, but more like, I got this instead of let's work to go get that, if that makes sense. So, you know, yeah, I mean, they've been reading a little too much into it and and that sort of gets them to press. They have to, you know, overachieve, you know, Calvin Ridley's coming off of one and a half years. We're sitting there in training camp calling him one of the best wide receivers we've ever seen in Jacksonville, which is still true. But like, imagine that pressure and, and not to say that Calvin's fallen victim to that, but just imagine all that noise and the fact that he's been away from the game for basically two years, um, how much he wants to prove to himself. And then he goes out and drops a pass and he says it was concentration issues. So, you know, it's, it's all that is sort of bubbling up and, and coming out. Um, just luckily for them, they got it. They seem to have figured it out early and maybe things will change. Yeah, we'll definitely see. We'll definitely see. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to get into the game that they're going to this week, and that will be across the pond in London against the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to get into that and more after this commercial break on tour in the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. A shift. A shift is something that happens and changes the dynamics. And that's what happened when Garrett Logistics was born. After 10 years as a sales pro in the logistics world of sporting goods, John Garrett decided to pivot to the world of freight and start a brokerage. So you're saying to yourself, why trust Garrett Logistics? Well, Garrett Logistics helps shippers improve overall workflow, along with increased on-time pickup and delivery percentages. Last-minute loads, multi-drop pickups, and more are part of the services with Garrett Logistics. They're available Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Saturday, 8 a.m. to 12 p.m., all times Central Standard Time. So give them a ring at 615 400-8484. That's 615-400-8484. Or you can email them at john at garrettlogistics.co or visit their website at garrettlogistics.co. Garrett Logistics, where the motto is, it's not just great to us, it's your business. And welcome back. And course like i mentioned before the commercial break we're going to talk about the jacksonville jaguars heading across the pond again to london taking on the atlanta falcons and one name that always gets mentioned especially i know it's been three weeks Bijan robinson you got you got um you got l duncan making a song called the Bijan bounce Bijan left Bijan right and i'm like i don't know if you heard that yet but yeah. I haven't yet. I'm I, look I, it literally, I literally heard it on her podcast. I'm like, oh my goodness, they really got a Bijan song, you know. But um, but you know, going into that that game, you're going against all the weapons that the Atlanta Falcons have. You got Tyler Algier, you got Algiers at running back, you've got Pitts, you got London, which I will say Pitts and London haven't necessarily been the most involved, but they're still weapons. How concerning is it all these weapons that you're going to see from Atlanta mm-hmm. with the if you're if you're the Jacksonville defense? 
the uh, Bijan Robinson's the guy that I'm I would be most concerned with. The, the, the reason why, you know, normally it would be like Kyle Pitts or even Drake London, but obviously at quarterback they're kind of, you know, they're lacking a little bit. And I, you know, they, they just don't have that that guy that can get them the ball consistently. So they rely on the running game, which is perfectly fine. It's worked out for them um, for the through the first three weeks. They're two and one. So. Um, yeah, B. John Robinson, he's just a, a crazy – I mean, going back to his Texas uh, career, you can just see this guy was always going to be special. I mean, you even have that one guy, uh, Ro- Roshan Johnson, I think was playing behind him. And in, in my opinion, he was draftable. I think the Bears have him right now. Um, I don't know how he's doing. But 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 the, the point I'm making is this guy's so special and, and he can do whatever he wants, it seems like, on, on the gridiron. I feel like even the – Falcons aren't using him as much as you would think that they would be. Um, and so, you know, I think that he's just a guy that can get you out off your toes. He's, you know, all of a sudden, you know, he's going to be going one way and then all of a sudden he's, he's going the next, you know, he's, he's going the other way. And, and, you know, that can be tough for linebackers, uh, Devin Lloyd and, and, and foyer Lewican. And this week um, the Jaguars are dealing with an injury to Devin Lloyd. He has a thumb issue. And um, Doug Peterson said yesterday he was day to day. So it's a situation where, if Devin Lloyd can't go, now you're looking at Chad Muma uh, being the guy to sort of you know man help man that uh, front seven with with with, with Foyer. So yeah, that that's that's a major concern. All their weapons, all the ways that they're creative and using the running game, um, that's what they're built on. Arthur Smith kind of he did the same thing in Tennessee, and and it worked out because you know you had also a capable quarterback, but Derrick Henry. Um, so you know Bijan Robinson is is not very very different in terms of how much impact he he can make. I just really feel that strongly about him. So yeah, it's going to be tough. And um, and then not to mention Drake London and 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 everybody else. Kyle Pitts, I covered him at Florida. He could be the best tight end in the league if 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 if, if a team lets him. I really feel that way. So it's going to be a tough matchup. Right, right. I, I didn't ask you as, as well. Uh, you're making the trip over there. How's it going to? You know, I don't know if you've been there before or not, but uh, are you uh, excited about the trip? How are you feeling about the trip over there? I, I'm excited. I'm leaving Thursday afternoon. The team leaves Thursday afternoon, too. So we'll probably, I mean, well, they have a charter, so they'll probably get there before me. But um, anyway, it, it's going to be exciting. I've never been there before, never been to London. I'm a little nervous just because, you know, traveling internationally. I haven't done that by myself before. Um, and I haven't been to Europe ever. So, you know, it's going to be different. It's gonna be fun. I'm excited to get out there. I'm not excited for the jet lag. I hear that the 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 what you're supposed to do is just you sleep as much as you can on the plane, and then when you get there, stay up all throughout Friday. So I'm gonna get there at 7:40. I'm gonna try to make it until like eight, nine o'clock Friday or something. You know, a normal sleeping time, and uh, and pass out then so I don't get jet lag too much. But but yeah, exciting. Uh, you know, I'm going to be able to cover them from from London. I'm going to every single game this year except for the Bills one. I'm not going to be there for their second London matchup. So uh, it'll be interesting to uh, to see how different it is over there. Yeah, get you some fish and chips, man. Yes, sir. Fish and <laughs> chips, maybe a beer or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, getting back to the game, of course. Uh, you know, the Jaguars have have kind of uh, struggled a little bit offensively the last couple of games. Yeah. It just seems like things aren't clicking. So, you know, they are seeing Jesse Bates. They are seeing, uh, you know, a, a few – basically a, a team that has brought in free agents to kind of, you know, build, bulk, bulk up their offense – their defense, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. So, going into this game, I mean, what do you think 
is the main thing that they can do for themselves in terms of the Jaguars to kind of make themselves better on the field or you know perform better on the field. I think, I mean, especially offensively, keeping it simple um, is probably for the best. I think a lot of times guys are pressing. They're trying to make the plays. A lot of their plays kind of look, I mean, not exotic, but it looks like they take a little bit of work to get done. They need to just go back to the basics, do what they know works well for them, disregard some of the game plan. I know that's that sounds counterintuitive, but if if you're if you're planning specific plays for specific matchups, there's more that can go wrong because if that's not open then all of a sudden things can go awry. So maybe just getting back to the basics a little bit. Don't go preseason mode, but just, you know, something more simple for them to sort of get going at least. And then maybe if they're going, if they're rolling, then go ahead and, and transition to um to whatever you need to do. But um, but yeah, I think that, that that's really all it is. Because right now, the, the issue isn't the play calling. The issue isn't necessarily the scheme. The issue is the execution. You have Calvin Ridley dropping a couple passes. You have Christian Kirk dropping a couple passes. You have Trevor Lawrence tripping Travis Etienne on third and two. Um, you have fumbles. You have the kick return. You have, like, there's there so many things that um, are literally just, hey, they just didn't execute the, the play. It's not like Doug called a reverse on third and 12 and it, it got, you know, there was a fumble off of that. It's more, you know, he called just a normal hitch route or something with Agnew and he, and he catches and he goes for a first down and then he fumbles the ball. So, you know, those are those are the issues that they're having right now. Not necessarily anything fundamental, at least from what we've seen. Um, defensively, is kind of similar. Um, you know, at least this past week, but the first two weeks of the season, they were pretty solid. Gotcha, gotcha. So basically, what you're saying is, in terms of the Jaguars, Jacksonville is fighting the Curtisville in some yeah. senses. Yeah, no, it's it's they're beating themselves, and it was kind of like that last year. But I would say they didn't have the talent or they didn't have the uh, experience uh, this year. Mm-hmm. That experience isn't, isn't an excuse. So right now it's just, you know, do they do they have what it takes mental? Like, it just feels like it's a lot of mental stuff. Yeah, well, I'll say this. They haven't had back to back winning seasons probably since what, 2006. So, yeah, a lot of things are going to a lot of things are going to have to change in terms of the attitude, the attention to detail and things like that if they want to make that happen this year because I know it's mm-hmm. early. I know it's early and it's only three weeks, but I'm just looking at the little simple things that are happening and they're not doing the simple things correctly. So I can only imagine what it's going to be if it gets bigger and bigger as the season goes on. Exactly. All right. Well, we have uh, reached end of the show. Of course, then the oh, quite the end of the show. We do have a game before we get up out of here. That is five questions, two answers, and one choice. Are you ready? I am ready, I think. All right. We got another DJ Khaled question. You know, I gave you a DJ Khaled question last time, but I picked a couple different songs this time. I got okay. God Did and uh, I'm On One. Which song are you taking? God Did is fun. I'm On One's probably probably going to be my choice just because I grew up, or not growing up, but but you know what I mean? It, it was more of a nostalgia song, I feel like, nowadays. So, so yeah, I, I think I'm going to do – I'm on one just because I used to I used to bump that song a lot back in the day. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, you know, God did when uh, Jay Z came on and just did that yeah. whole last verse. Yeah, that that just that captured me at that point. But that's just me. Um, okay, we're gonna go. This question between running backs, Bigsby is he? What's more likely to happen, 
Bigsby with 10 touchdowns. He already has two so far, by the way. Or ETN with 1,200 yards. He has 205 yards so far. Which one's more uh, probably going to happen? I would say ETN with uh, ETN with the twelve hundred yards, just because I, I mean, Bigsby getting the two touchdowns that's great, but he has to be at the one in order to get those. You know, they're not handing them him, him the ball that much, uh, you know, thus far. So you know, if, unless the ball's at the one, I don't think it's going to be him. So I think Travis definitely going to get the yards. Uh, so yeah, Travis. All right, you know, uh, some folks are. Uh, I guess he's probably hoping for a Jamal Williams type season. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that that's what it seems like. Fancy football folks are, are getting getting upset because they're like, oh, should I start him? He's only going to get three carries. Hopefully one of that's at the goal line, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, it's tough for them. <laughs> All right. You've got uh, one concert to go to. And this one's, of course, based a little bit off of the buzz of this week. Uh, okay. You're going to go to the Beyonce concert or are you going to go to the Taylor Swift concert? Beyonce. Beyonce concert if I could have went to that so I so my girlfriend did get me and we went and we went to the Taylor Swift concert I'll be honest but we didn't get to go to the Beyonce concert but I would have 100% rather have gone to Beyonce not to say anything bad about Taylor Swift she's great it was a fun concert probably one of the best like shows I've been to but uh in terms of music I, I just prefer Beyonce so there we go there we go now next if you're not if you're just visiting a city which city are you going to choose, Houston or Nashville? Oh, Nashville. I mean, I've been, I've only been to them once each, but I mean, Nashville just has more stuff, and and Houston, Houston seems okay, but uh, but uh, from what I hear, it's not, it's not necessarily the best city to be in, um, and it's hot, it's hotter than Jacksonville at times. So, I think Nashville just makes the most sense. Seems like the most fun. Well, I will tell you this: the humidity is nothing to play with, but. Uh, last question. You got to pick one defensive lineman from uh, the Jaguars' uh, history. You got Tony Brackens or you got John Henderson. Which lineman are you picking? I'm picking John Henderson. Just growing up in Jacksonville, um, seeing John Henderson and, and him getting slapped. Come on, Joe. You know, that guy was – that guy was – you'll, you'll never see another – I feel like you'll never see another player with that size, that that strength. I mean, th- that guy was special. Um, if he played in another another city, he would have been uh, something else. So, yeah, yeah, John Henderson, he's, he's fun. You know, actually, he's from Nashville, Tennessee, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He just went into yeah, the Tennessee, went- I think, Hall of Fame. Yeah, Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame. He actually went to mm-hmm. uh, Pearl Cone High School with uh, Santonio Beard, who played for the uh, uh, Denver Broncos as well. They went to the same high school at the same time. That's uh, and yeah, yeah, man, it's one of the best, uh, probably one of the best public high schools ever in Nashville history. Ever, <laughs> they won That's like back to back to back state championships. I yeah. believe it. That that and then that Tennessee team that. Uh, that Henderson was on um, was special too, from what I've seen. So, uh, Let me, I'll so give no you another surprise. background too. Give mm-hmm. you another background mm-hmm. story too. Uh, Ron Slay actually went to that high school before he went to Oak Hill. Oh, so he man. was actually playing. Uh, so he was actually playing basketball. Him and and John Henderson were playing on the same basketball team too. That's <laughs> Can you imagine? That's amazing. That's a good nugget. Oh, I went to one of their games. I went to one of their How games. Was that? Uh, Boy, oh, boy, they were playing against a school, and it was uh, – I, I would say they dominated. They dunked all over the team, basically. That would be fun. <laughs> that would be fun. you go basically just oh. for the dunks. 
<laughs> exactly, exactly. The dunks and the uh, and the excitement. But uh, that is uh, we have reached the end of the five questions, two answers, and one choice. We've reached the end of the show. Demetrius Harvey, thank you for giving us the inside scoop of what's going on with Jacksonville Jaguars. Hope you have a safe flight over to London. Enjoy yourself. Get some fish and chips, beer, whatever you want to do. Uh, can you tell everyone where they can find you on social media and what all else you have going on? Yeah. So, um, I, first of all, I appreciate you having me. It's always a blast to come on. I, I enjoy doing doing this show. Um, but yeah, you can find me on Twitter, um, or X or whatever, or at Demetrius 82. Um, I'm on the other social media, so you can find me on blue sky, Demetrius blue sky, whatever that is. And then I'm on threads kinda. Um, so yeah, I'm on all three platforms technically. Uh, but you can find me for sure at on Twitter or at Demetrius82. And as far as stuff I have coming up, you know, obviously previewing the game, I'm going to be also talking to or we're going to be talking to Doug Peterson tomorrow about injuries, stuff leading up to the game. Um, nothing crazy this week. I mean, it's a London game. It's going to be fun. Look for pictures, videos, all that kind of stuff. But uh, same old, same old around this, these parts. All right. Well, uh, thank you for coming on. As, as far as me, my name is Mike Patton. Of course, you can find me on YouTube. Uh, of course, the show on YouTube, I should say. It's more than the AFC South. You can also find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcast. And as far as me, you can find me on Mike Patton 82. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-T-O-N 82 on Twitter. Of course, on Instagram, you can find me, Instagram and threads, I should say. You can find me on there at the, that's T-H-A, not T-H-E, underscore general, underscore M-P. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Touring the AFC South. We're out. Peace.